It's the Get Off My Lawn podcast for the week of July 30th, 2017. On tonight's program, you'll hear comic Craig, the love master shoemaker, say... I said, yeah, I'm going to be on camera all night and some guy's going to be watching me. And he's seven years old, he just turns to me and goes, moon him. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Plus, you'll hear from the Straight Meets Gay Gang, the Philosodorks, and film critic Tim Brennan. I'm your announcer, Craig, and here's your genial host, Kevin. Thank you, Craig, and welcome back, one and all. It's a big show this week. We've got comedian Craig Shoemaker, and considering you get this podcast for free, that is already too much entertainment. But, as they say, but wait, there's more. Seriously, uh, please wait while I take a sip of my vitamin water. Brian, can we have a little beverage music, please? Ah, the wonders of post-production. Anyway, I'm partnering up with a few other folks to bring you some weekly features I think you'll enjoy. I hope you'll enjoy. You better enjoy. And that's an order. By day, Michael Trey and Richard work in film production. By night, they dress in tights and capes and host their own podcast. Not sure why they feel the need to wear the tights and capes, but I try not to judge. In any event, I've asked them to spend a few minutes each week kibitzing, kvetching, and any other applicable Yiddish phrases. This week, they will answer the age-old question, how gay is Hollywood? I should point out at this point, the title of their podcast is When Straight Meets Gay. But wait! Act now, and at no extra cost to you, I'll throw in Rich and Jesse, who will drop some serious knowledge on you with a resounding thud. They host a podcast called Philosodorks, so each week we will try to dissect complex philosophical ideas and terms with varying degrees of success and sobriety. But wait! That's not all. Tim does not have his own podcast. Yep, he's the one. The last holdout. But he is a film critic, so he's going to hip you to what's new on the big screen. This week, we may or may not be discussing Scarlett Johansson's ass. So don't wait. Call now. Operators are standing by. Okay, that last bit didn't make much sense. But what else is new? On with the show. No headphones? Okay. We're not taking calls. This is good? All right, beautiful. I like to hear myself talk. I hear you. We are rolling. We are rolling. Fantastic. Yeah, we did a little thing just before you came in because we weren't sure if we were going to get you, so we did a little live in the green room. You did? Yes. <laughs> well, they said you were running late. We we're like, how late is late? Are we live in the green room now? <laughs> we are, are we live on? In the green, we, are in, we are in the love seat. It's a pink with, room, actually. With, with the, the love master himself. With three dudes. That sounded a little weird. Well, <laughs> Two of them from the Inland Empire. <laughs> Where did, Where did they come you, up with the Inland Empire? They're thinking a little high about themselves, aren't they? Have you it's been, like I'm from the Compton Kingdom. <laughs> have, have you been to the luxurious palatial Inland of Empire? Of course I have. Ontario Mills Mall. That's you know, I pass by there. Someday I'll play that mall, and I've. <laughs> I've lived that dream. I played there many times. You must have some stories. No, no real stories. I mean, because I, I quickly get inside and do my show and then get out. And uh, but I've shopped there before. Every comedian's had this happen where you needed the emergency shirt. Here we're getting. Uh, oh, my food getting is arriving. Food. Hey, how's it going? This is happening in real. This time. is all happening in real time. This is fantastic. Whoa! And he's got. So this he's is a, a vegetarian. <laughs> I got a big old. Yeah, so this this is without, this is the sandwich without the bread. Couldn't they just serve a steak? Would, couldn't that happen? We'll talk to the people here. That's what I had them do. Okay. So if you hear any chewing sound out there, be a hell of a podcast. Thank you, guys. We can make it into a culinary podcast. Yes. I'll let you know how the food is at the Bray Improv. Well, so what brought us together? 
You know, I, I, I don't want to make this sound like we're both old, but back when I was in high school, I remember listening to you on Gino Michelini's oh Five O'Clock Funny Show. And there was like there was like a staple of regularly funny people, you know. You would have some comics hit and miss, you know, as they do. And it was like you and Dennis Wolfberg, who is no longer with mm-hmm. us, John Panette, who is no longer with us. I'm like, well, I he, love that I'm the only one that's with us. I'm like, he's still alive. I gotta find oh out God. if I can chat with him. <laughs> so by attrition, I'm but here. You you pretty much win. Yeah, it was you know I tried with a Ouija board channeling the others that didn't well, work even a little bit. I'm but. glad I could survive just to do your podcast. <laughs> It's a highlight. One of the things I wanted to ask, and I've asked a couple of comedians mm-hmm. this kind of basic question, is, is you know, you've been at this longer than a week or two. What's changed? What's, what, what is the biggest? Is it better? Is it worse? It's, it's, it's an interesting question. Probably I'll use up all our time <laughs> answering the question. But you know, part of what's changed is obviously how we promote. There were no podcasts. I come from an era where you put a poster on a tree. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you had to have a staple gun to survive in the business. Or I, I was the first one with a fan club, nice. and I would do postcards and put a stamp on a postcard. And that's how I developed the following, and that and Gino Michelini and things like that, the 5 O'Clock Funnies and being on radio, which that's all changed now. They still play me on 5 O'Clock Funnies, but very few people are listening because they're listening to podcasts. Then, yeah, they've got so that's stuff. why I'm on your podcast to make up for the people that aren't listening to terrestrial radio. Heck, we're, we're stealing KLOS's audience. Yeah, I like exactly. the sound of that. <laughs> well, at least one of their comedians. Yeah, that's right. So it's changed in that way. Obviously, YouTube, uh, the storytelling aspect, which I've really become into, much more into than when I first started. I love storytelling. Is it a dying art? Because people want to tweet and they want memes and it's quick and you're out. And and, uh, that's not how I roll. But I'm fortunate. I don't know how it's happened, but I'm still, I still have enough of an audience that will sit with me and and hang. And follow, yeah. I consider it like a community and I connect with them and it's, uh, it's something that's very special to me. And that also has changed because that's not the case. Most comedians don't have you know, fan clubs or people that they... I still have two people from 1988 that are my West Coast family. From from a tour I did with Kenny Loggins. Remember Kenny Loggins? Oh, yeah. He's not K-Log. dead. He's not dead. He could be on next week. He could. He could. <laughs> so... You got his number? <laughs> when, you, when you're watching We're the World, I'm going to have that guy on my podcast someday. So, yeah, Kenny and I toured together, and I met these two families in 1988. I was brand new, you know, touring with Kenny first night in Tahoe and they've been my friends ever since That's and awesome. like family you know now my my son was the ring bearer at their daughter's wedding I mean it's like that kind of thing it's wow it's been awesome so I think that's also kind of had a shift I don't know that that's going on anymore and there have been a number of changes I keep hanging in there though and and what's changed for me though is I, I go in different directions of I take the art in any direction that moves me, whether it's a book, a children's book, or or write, I just wrote, wrote for Fuller House, or Thanks. I'm producing a movie now and about Karl Marx. It's not even a comedy, not not Zeppo Marx or no, Harpo, no. but the, Karl the Marx, Marx, brother. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> the, the, the communist <laughs> uh, Marx. But you know, I don't believe that there's any you know box that we're in in the, as far as the creative wellspring and that's something also that's changed there used to be comedian was a comedian and right. that was it 
and now that it's so diverse and, and YouTube videos kind of screwed things a little bit so we make less money because there's no residuals people, people will post your act oh it drives me nuts yeah, yeah. Or they go by that and they'll say, oh, he's not that funny. That was two minutes. Yeah. I do, I do 90 minutes. Or it's two killer minutes and you can't use it again because everybody's Correct. Now seen it on, They've now on seen YouTube it. Yeah, or wherever. Exactly. So it burns, it burns through. Uh, I know Leno um, has been smart about that. Is he, won't, uh, he won't do his material on camera. Oh. He knows there's never a Jay Leno HBO special. That's true. That's so he can do his the same act <laughs> over and over again <laughs> in front of in front of corporate crowds, right? Which is a smart move. So he does. He probably does Ronald Reagan jokes still. I was gonna say, but so it, I but see. I see Reagan yeah. cut the food for the blind today. <laughs> I think they could see if they put their minds to it. That was one of his jokes from the eighties. He wow. probably still does it. <laughs> now, did you uh, work clubs with him, or did you? Uh, mm -hmm. Because I've, I've heard a mix of, of stories about Mr. Leno. I worked very briefly on The Tonight Show as a page back in the well, 90s. Really. But I've heard people that will just sing his praises, and I've heard people that will do the opposite, and it's never in between. You know what? <laughs> I'd agree with that. I'm not asking you where you came down. You don't have to, you know, dish or not dish, as the case may be. But everybody seems to I have I would agree a, with that assessment. Yeah, he, he's, you know, they've, they've got one opinion of him, and that's, you know, there's no sort of, hey, he's a, they... they that's kind of how how it has played out. Donald Trump comics. is that same way. There is, there is that too. <laughs> Are you trying to allege a comparison? Is a <laughs> well, I will say that I will say this: that people who are powerful, that's usually the case. That could it, be. I mean, very rarely. I mean, in the business, probably across the board, Tom Hanks gets the rep of being a great guy. Yeah. I don't think I've even heard the contrary, but. If you get into a position, I've heard it about me. You know, I've heard I'm a douche. <laughs> One guy, uh, Frank well, Caliendo. You, <laughs> you, you said that? Frank Caliendo, I'll never forget. I was, I was kind of talking to a number of comedians at the Montreal Comedy Festival, which is wild because it's like, because I headline, I don't get to see people. So right. this is like summer camp. He was just staring at me. He was unknown at the time. And I finished talking to everyone. He, he was pretty quiet. You know, all of a sudden, he turns to me and goes, I always heard you were an asshole. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Uh, I don't know how to respond to that, but I said, well, yeah, I, I could see how some people would say that. And, um, you know, sometimes people project their own stuff onto you. Sometimes there's jealousy. There's a lot of factors that are involved. But when you, when you get to that place where I, I remember I won Comedian of the Year at the American Comedy Awards and I became the, the I, I became the guy with the bullseye for right. like a year you I know I was I was pedestal. I was Jeff Dunham I was the, <laughs> I was Dane Cook you know not on their level obviously but that was the year that I won the award and it was the loneliest night of my life <laughs> I had this trophy and a limousine they gave me and the limo driver I was alone the guy goes where do you want to go I go I don't know where do I go with this trophy? I mean, I, I went to the comedy store, and I don't even go to the comedy store normally, and I walked in with the trophy, and they're all going, oh, my God, what a douche. And I, it was like, it was a horrible night, and I thought it would make my career, but I've never been stopped in the street. Hey, weren't you the comedian of American Comedy Awards? Lily, Lily Tomlinson, here he is. Uh, no, no one's ever stopped me for that. I've never done anything with that award, except it's a paperweight. <laughs> And uh, all what, the all the awards are that way. Shape at least. Yeah, it's a it unique a... shape. Yeah, okay, I've got a couple Emmys too. Those are my jogging weights. Nice. Just so everybody knows, 
But I mean, yeah, it really goes to show you that these things are meaningless. It's just where it is for that day. You're popular, and and people will take you down. And so, yeah, I've heard those same things about me when when I was more in a power position, and now now I'm sort of in a softer position, so people don't take as many shots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be something to that. Well, I think it, it is the case when you know people have two choices. They can either turn their heads to the egomaniac, of which they probably even thought I was or whatever, and or you embrace it and become emperor's new clothes. You know, you can become like that, like happens with, I think, in politics and government and power positions, people sort of turn their heads to the truth a little bit too. Yeah. They're not going to go tell them off because they'll lose their job. That's how some people are. Don't want to tell truth to power. That's... No, no, nobody wants to do that. Well, now I do. Yeah, <laughs> Fasten your seatbelts. It's time for a few minutes with the guys from the When Straight Meets Gay podcast. All right. Well, well, well to start this oh. off. Let, let me have you guys kind of go around the room, for lack of a better term, and each introduce yourselves by name, give us a you know, 10, 20 second biography of yourself, and I don't know, tell us your favorite form of cheese or something. Favorite what? Favorite cheese, favorite beer, favorite hooker, I don't know, whatever. That's literally like Michael's favorite things in order. <laughs> Yeah. You don't even understand. I will actually eat cheese while sitting with a hooker watching movie. <laughs> okay, so let's start with Michael. Michael, say hello and introduce yourself. It always starts with Michael. I'm that fucking old one. Come I've, I've known him longer, yeah, and he could theoretically oh, die yeah, sooner. Oh, yeah, see so. that? Anyway, oh, fucking uh, seniority. Michael Colomb here with When Straight Meets Gay. I'm the gay one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see, I like the color blue. Long walks on the beach. I like to cuddle. He does. I have a dog named Lollipop. You prefer to be the big spoon or the little spoon? I'm a big spoon. All right. That's good to know. Richard? And I'm a writer, director, and script supervisor. I do a little bit of everything. There you go. Richard, what's your story? Um, so okay, I am I am one of the two straight pieces in this podcast. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. But yeah, um, I just love movies, got involved with sound, and I want to write and direct and do it all, and that's about it. All right, Trey, what about you? What's up, I'm Trey, I'm Trey Melton, I am the young sex woman of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'm a rapper on the side, and I also do acting. Is your rapper named Big Papa Melton? It's, uh, it's Big Daddy T. Oh, oh, shit. We forgot to say our favorite cheeses are beer or hooker. Oh, my favorite cheese is American because uh, God bless it. Right. <laughs> because you like that red, white, and blue diabetes, That's baby. It. Mm. <laughs> I like Munster cheese just because it sounds horror. I love horror. I, um, I like, uh, I, don't, I don't know, Monterey, Monterey Jack, bro. That's I thought you were lactose intolerant. No, nah, dude, I could, I could eat cheese like a motherfucker. Do, yeah. do, do, do a lot of motherfuckers eat cheese? Is that something they're known for? Oh, God. That's just their one, number one thing. Motherfuckers eat yeah. cheese. <laughs> <laughs> that's the motherfucker's life. Yeah. I, I thought a good topic to open with, considering the, the name of your podcast is the When Straight Meets Gay podcast, and you guys are all in the industry, for lack of a better term. The, the best topic to start off with is how gay is Hollywood? <clears throat> oh, my God. It's so gay. Let's, I love this topic. <laughs> 
And Michael Guitaro day about this, to be honest. Well, what do we think? I mean, if, if you listen to, like, the right-wing media, then Hollywood is a bunch of, again, queers, fags, and homos. Is it really? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I don't think it is, I'm sure. I mean, it's probably more than people realize. But people hide in the industry, which is strange. Our podcast is definitely filled with some fruits. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> we're definitely all fucking nutty and shit. Yeah, I know I'm a little fruity. We're all we're all like a little nutty. I, okay. I mean, is Hollywood, how gay is Hollywood? I, I mean, like on a scale of one to ten, you think? Is that what you're asking? I mean, yeah. I mean, is does it live up to the supposed hype, or is it like you said? There's still people that are not as out as know, one I'm would suspect. It's not, it's not that gay. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's a it's it's a more gay than you would get somewhere else. Yeah, I think it's I I think it's just uh, everything is just so widely accepted. You know, everything is all about you know being equal, and everybody you know deserves a shot. So I think it's just everything everything there is just more. I, open. Know, I, so think, I think there's more of like a, a capacity. So. I don't know if everybody's accepted. That's why we keep fighting for the rights of like women directors and. Well, but it's like LA specifically, though. I agree oh, for well, that. LA, LA's, LA's very, yeah, very open. Yeah, if we're talking, yeah. to, if we're talking just about LA, then yeah, yeah. No, I wasn't confining until because, like, if if we're in West Hollywood, then the answer is really obvious. But I was oh, thinking, oh yeah, yeah. In that case, yeah, you're, you're right. <laughs> it's just a straight up shot. But it's interesting because if you in the industry, it's very gay. But like to the outside, it's not. Yeah. Like, there's probably a lot of celebrities that we. Worked with our men that are gay that can't be gay because perhaps like Middle America or people from North Carolina don't want them to be. Right. <laughs> Going going back to when I going back to when I was a kid and before at least two of you were born was you know Rock Hudson when he died and it was revealed that he was gay you know he was one of the most yeah Rock Hudson was one of the most beloved actors of all time and women loved him everywhere and apparently he didn't love the women back and nobody knew sure people knew well yeah yeah it's yeah and then people are surprised like oh my god and they're almost like offended because he was God forbid he be gay he was like a sex symbol yeah like he'd somehow some done something to them. And it, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I remember. I remember having this conversation with my mom a few years ago, and she's like, "I can't believe Ricky Martin's gay. He's so good looking." <laughs> I was like, "Mom, that should have been your first rule." <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like, go to West Hollywood. You'll see twenty yeah. other ones that look just like him. Well, yeah. A, a couple months ago, you know, Barry Manlow announced he was gay, and this came out as a surprise to absolutely nobody. You know, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like my mom I think is a surprise. We waited this long. Yeah, my mom is a uh, lifelong Barry Manlow fan, and she knew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, my dad used to call him barely man. Oh, <laughs> All right, well, this is this, so. That's our introduction to your podcast. So, how often does your podcast go? Every oh, I'll let Richard talk. He's the one in charge. Dude, no, dude. All I do is just organize the stuff. Michael's the uh, the, the personality, bro. And then Trey's just the sexy that comes in and he, he just gets that yeah. you know that that sexy chocolate and smothers <laughs> it all over the radio waves. Yeah. It sounds like nobody wants to take credit for this. <laughs> It's for legal purposes. Sure. Yeah, just so we can disconnect at any time. All right, folks. Well, there's your there's your introduction to the guys. So tune in next week for more of them. Yeah. yeah. Do it. WSSGpodcast.com. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at MSGpodcast.
So I think it was even Seinfeld last year was criticized for saying there were places he couldn't play anymore because audiences were too politically correct, correct. or whatever yeah. else. Has that been your experience, or has your experience been to push it farther when you meet resistance no. like that? I really don't. Um, it's funny of all people to say that. Sorry who's ever listening. I'm chewing your in your ear. <laughs> How's the food, by the way? Should we recommend the brand? No, not, this wasn't very good. <laughs> Just chewing now and then. I'm, that's when I hope you do a monologue. <laughs> I wish I had something to perform for I just you finished a so. sleep study. You know what these are? Yeah. They hook like you up with wires. Apnea and that sort of thing. <laughs> but it was so funny. I have a seven-year-old and talk about Apple not falling, uh, or <laughs> the mic not falling far from the stand. I said, yeah, I'm going to be on camera all night and some guy's going to be watching him. me. And he, seven years old, he just turns to me and goes, moon him. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. He's got such a subtle sense of humor too. That's not subtle. And this guy, this guy, this guy would not shut up. The, uh, literally, he's hooking me with the wires, and then he finds out I'm a comedian. Oh, that's the worst. Now he's doing Rodney Dangerfield. Hey, I'll tell you, I got the way wires crossed. You know? Hey, I'm going. You've got to be kidding me. And he's one of those guys that he just wanted to hear himself talk. So no matter what. The question he would ask me was, no matter what the response, he it was just to lead him into a monologue. Like I said, I'm a comedian. Well, that was 20 minutes on he was a comedian. Mm -hmm. And I was going out of my mind. And I was just staring. I thought I was being punked. Like that, like that the camera was actually there to show me, like, lose it and finally say to the guy, shut up! <laughs> Did you moon it at least? I never mooned so, him. No, know, I didn't listen to what I said. your son happy. But yeah, when I'm so when I take a bite, I want you to be him and start talking about I'll, yourself. I'll, I'll, you know, I've got nothing of interest. That I I've done it all. This is sort of technically our second season, if you will. Oh. We did about 13, 15 episodes last year, and then I took a break for my own personal reasons, and oh, now we're getting back into it again. And this is two Craigs in the room. This is my friend Craig, who I've known since junior high and beyond, who has wow. agreed to help produce some of the stuff, and some of it I just bring a microphone and plop it on a table when he's not available, so he's a family man. He's got family and obligations and, you know, a decent career. And You couldn't have t done all that when I was eating? You couldn't have said all I that when was I was eating? giving that, that, you time. You, you should have held up your finger and said, now's the time okay, I'm going to be talking. Here's the time This is Craig's chew. intro time. <laughs> this is the time to chew, okay? I'm going to talk about his family. That would have been a perfect time, but now, like now the time's up. Now it's it. And now, now we're back to me talking back again. To you talking and so, what else do you want to know? The, you talked a little bit about how you're into the different artistic type of stuff, whether it's yeah, books or I produce it's other uh, five unscripted shows now, an animated show I have going. It's called Chicken Ship, <laughs> it's Chickens in Space. I like the concept. Yeah, it's a very funny concept, and we were writing it last night. I, just, I really can't stop right now. It's it's uh, kind of like listening to this creative force and just where, wherever it manifests. Who, who predicted that Fuller House would actually be the hit it managed to become? You said you Oh, were right. I predicted I mean, that, absolutely. Abs the people that... Because you realize that it's generations. It's clean. Sure. Which is weird hiring the love master to write for it. He's great. Well, Bob Saget working on the original. Oh, my Come God. Uh, yeah, tell me about it. I remember watching his first HBO special with my mom. <laughs> and Thinking he's going to be Dan Tanner. And she's like, we can't watch this. Yeah, oh, my God. He's the exact opposite. He was the first comedian I ever opened for. Yeah? Yeah. And he was also the deli slicer for my mom. At the Pantry Pride, the local grocery store. Nice. Can you believe that? That's what he did. <laughs> My mom would get her meat sliced by Bob. That didn't sound right <laughs> no, at all. It's, 
It's actually it sounded fitting for Bob Sackett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he also went to my college, Temple University. Bill Cosby went there too. We, we, we got to take him off. Be of, chiseling his name off. No, of I the, know uh, they and, already and, are. Oh, jeez. <laughs> How, it, well, I guess what somebody the, the joke that was going around Twitter is he's been renewed for a second season now that oh. they decided to retry him. Oh, I'm like, geez, okay, that's unbelievable. I, I, I'm a certain conflicted, like one of my favorite series growing up was I Spy. He and Robert Culp, I oh. thought, just did a really cool yeah. show. I've got all the DVDs and whatever oh. else. And I posed this question to people on social media not too long ago. You, you can chew if you want to chew now. But I, I, oh. I, I, <laughs> Hurry but, up. But I thought, you know, is it okay to like somebody's work before they became a douchebag? You know, before they hit that moment when they decided to be whatever it is that alleged, sorry, douchebag. We want to make sure for the lawyers that it's well, all cleared away. You know, you could ask the question again. Like, repeat the question. <laughs> I say, as we're sitting here, we'll, we'll back end it. We're sitting here talking with Craig, the love master. And shoemaker. Shoemaker. Not Schumacher. Not mocker. Drives me nuts. <laughs> You take your shoes to a shoemaker. You make shoes. You don't mock shoes. Well, Crocs, you can mock Crocs. I guess those are not shoes. No. You know what the holes are for? So your self-esteem can slip out. <laughs> I can't believe I actually wore those things. I still have a pair because I don't care anymore. But um, Bill Cosby actually, back then, when you were watching I Spy, did a bit. Did you ever hear it? He did a bit on Spanish Fly. Did he? Yes. There's a, a Spanish fly, you put it in a drink, and then they're all over you. I mean, he did a whole thing on it. <laughs> like, basically predicting and saying, you know, right. you mean to tell me I can put a thing in the <laughs> He did a whole thing on date, date rape. But because it was Bill Cosby we, at you, the time, right. nobody thought, oh, he's really doing this. They thought it was a comedian. <laughs> He's really doing the. He took it further. So that's that's your answer to that. <laughs> so no, answer. you you got to throw out all your old Apparently DVDs I now. Burn those now. Of your, of your I Spy. Man, you can't win. You can't mm. win. You never know who anyone is. That's true, and it's except know, for me. I will always tell the truth. So go ahead. How's the podcast going so far? <laughs> this one. Yeah. That was a good truthful one. <laughs> it's both. It's it's been uh, you know a little chewy. Sure. <laughs> like the meat. Well, I don't want to take up, you know, your entire pre-show time here. I know. You, and, and for people that think we're making this up, he walked in the door. We hit record. Yeah. And, and started. Well, you took time to pee. I mean, let's be clear. That's but, yeah. Uh, and I opened up my bottle of water. We, yeah. And got but my, I mean, really, that's, you know, when you heard the, the waiter and waitress bringing his food, this is all happening. He is 15 minutes from showtime. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. And I but the problem is, I mean, normally I go, I could care less, but I haven't worked in a month intentionally i love it not working so I'm, was it just the sleep so study I, that I, led to no, that no i do i do 90 minutes on stage I don't know if you're, you're staying for the show yeah. right oh, yeah. good we're and, gonna bootleg it on youtube oh this later. was your that, i know how this is how people get in free to shows they go craig we like to do a podcast and then you just bring a couple fake microphones yeah, this yeah. isn't even being recorded right no, now no, this is a it's your neighbor ball. craig you've known since junior high he said craig Let's go see the the lover. He's the only remaining five o'clock funnies guy alive. <laughs> I, I don't even know if Let's Gino Mitchellini is still alive. He is. is I he? just I just thanked him on Facebook the other day. Oh, nice. I said you made my career in L.A. And he said, well, it took your jokes. You had to have good jokes. I had some funny things happen from the five o'clock funnies. These people 
actually met because of me. They had an accident, and uh, the guy wouldn't get out of the car, or the woman wouldn't get out of the car, and the, and the guy goes, "What are you doing?" And she kept laughing. She oh, wanted to get out of the car. She goes, and he goes, and she goes. He says, "Are you laughing at Craig Shoemaker?" She goes, "Yeah, I'll get out when I when he's done." <laughs> and they ended up on a date, and they came to my show. They met from a crash. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> it's not bad. And then someone here, we're in Brea. Someone else sent me a photo of a child that was conceived in the parking lot of this improv. And uh, because every guy goes home and tries to be the love master. Sure. And which he is didn't great. even make it home. He was in didn't the car. Didn't even make it home. I'm in the car. <laughs> yeah, baby. That's a stick shift right there, baby. Oh, yeah. Babies have been born. So this is a pretty cool career. This is, yeah. It's, it's Has a, a lot of adjuncts, <laughs> including fertility clinic, apparently. Well, I will let you get to your uh, pre-show rituals. So this must not have gone well. You're rushing me no, off we're, now. No, we're, we're, I mean, we can sit here and talk, but I'm looking at the clock and feeling nervous for the people out there. I don't want them to Do you want to do a first time in podcast history that we'll pick it up after the show? Sure. We'll, we'll do a do review. That? We can review your show. Yeah, we don't get reviewed. That pisses me off yeah, about comedy. I know. It's You'll, so disrespectful. people How, will talk about movies. Everybody gets, about. yeah. We're the director, the producer, the writer, the choreographer, and the performer, the actor. How come we don't get reviewed? We'll do it. We and nobody review, cares about comedians. Like TMZ, show. they won't say, Ray Romano here at the airport. <laughs> oh, there they are again. No, go away. You're bothering me. You Ray spent Romano. too much time with Ray Romano. Are those twins his? <laughs> you don't see that. Nobody cares about comedians. I would watch TMZ if Ray Romano were featured in every but episode. But no, no, it's no. always like somebody you you know, like some, a reality person that screams it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's who people are interested in. You'd think they would be interested in the smart ones that actually write an act and have originality, but no, nope. people aren't interested in that. Well, since you made the offer, we will stick around. Okay. We will watch the show. We will come back and we'll give you a review. We'll let the other Craig speak. Let him... We'll give him a mic next time. That's right. All right. Well, we'll see you after the show. <laughs> we will be back. Brace yourselves for some deep thoughts with the help of the Philosodorks. Still there? Yeah, I'm still here. You missed my you missed my Morris Day in the Time joke, so... Yeah. Oh, I did. Morris Day in the all right, ladies, gentlemen, and undecided, we are joined at this moment by the Falasso Dorks. That would be Rich. That would be Jesse. For those who have not heard their podcast, lovingly entitled Falasso Dorks, it is pretty easy to find wherever podcasts are available. Are, are you guys on Stitcher yet, or I know you're on iTunes. We are on iTunes. We are on Google Play Store. There we Maybe go. Are we on Pocket Cast yet? We are on Pocket Cast. Um, I went and I actually tried to submit our stuff to Stitcher and it wasn't working. So I will probably go back and try that again later. Gotcha. Well, we don't, there are no fine podcasts on Stitcher anyway, so fuck them. That's, we don't need to do that. <laughs> and there goes our shot. At and there, I know. So there, go, there goes the, uh, the Stitcher have awards. I don't know if they have awards, but if so, we're not <laughs> winning them. Uh, so for those who have not heard the podcast, tell us a little bit about it. Tell us about yourselves and what it is you do on the show. All right. Well, uh, so I uh, have a, a master's degree in philosophy uh, that I'm currently not using for anything other than the podcast because I work as a paralegal uh, in the Wisconsin Department of Justice. And um, I almost got a bachelor's degree in music. And um, is that yeah, you? Is know. that you honking out, out there? Honking. Neither of us is honking. There was a horn honking. Honky, that could honky, be me. Come honky honky. 
Okay. So 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 Rich Rich has a lot of education and Jesse has no education. Is that what we're saying here? I, I have a, I have I have a moderate amount of education. Okay. I'm technically six credits short of my bachelor's degree, and that's because I got mixed up about how many credits I could have in one department. It's a whole big long story. But math is to, math is hard. I get it. I basically have a bachelor's <laughs> degree, but not. But see, Jesse, you provide a, a valuable resource for us here on the show, and it is something that I've been trying to, to fight in terms of who I'm booking and how I'm trying to find people, but we are, as, as they say, a sausage fest here on the show. We have, we have an abundant amount of machismo, and, and so I'm not going to say that you represent all of femininity here on the show, but you kind of do. So welcome to that, and yay for you. Well, I'm pleased and honored to be your token <laughs> woman <laughs> it, it, it isn't by choice like i said you know i it, it, and it comes down to and this is my criticism of the fairer sex is i i approach people to interview them i they agree to interview we schedule times and we sit down and we talk and that's that at least that's how it goes if they have a penis if they have a vagina they say yes and they're like oh yeah great and then it never fucking happens so that's all I'm going to say about the fairer sex, then we're going to move on from that. At any point when you're talking to them and setting up the interview, do you refer to them as the fairer sex? Because that might be why they don't call you back. I say, hey, vagina head, how's it going? Does, is that not... So I don't understand why that's not working for you. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you right, I don't get it. It's a mystery. It is an absolute mystery. So, so Jesse, thank you for, for representing the vagina inclined. I'm sorry. You know what? Actually, something's come up and I can't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I set you up for that and you... Took it down like a champ. I appreciate that. <laughs> so I want to go on record as saying that I don't think that the broad generalization about women in general is appropriate. I'm not is saying it is appropriate. I'm simply saying that that is what has been happening to me. I'm sure that if other people were doing this, it'd be a completely different story. But this is how women treat me, and that's as far as I'm going to go with that. So the way this is going to work is I'm I'm going to toss out a topic. And Rich in his richness is going to explain it or justify it in terms of philosophy. He's going to expound upon it using quotes by the greatest thinkers of any generation. Uh, Jesse, you and I, we're pretty much going to make fun of him while he does that. Does that sound cool to you? I'm going to make lots and lots of poop jokes. All right, perfect. Fantastic. Yeah, we welcome shit jokes here, fart jokes. It's, it's all good. There, there are no sacred cows here. So I want to open it up by making fun of, in fact, your first podcast, wherein you spent about an hour or so defining what it means to be a philosopher, but you never really, you know, came up with a, well, you did, but you, you, you hemmed and hawed and you bounced back and forth and, you know, Rich, I, I own a dictionary and I looked it up. Uh, what's his Philosophy is the pursuit of wisdom. See, did it in three words, pursuit of wisdom. You spent an hour, Rich. You see, that's, that's exactly the kind of dictionary entry that was clearly written by someone with no experience in <laughs> academic philosophy. But first of all, I get that published. Three words, come on. The point is to keep the gravy train rolling by never actually answering any questions. That's, that's what we do in, in, in philosophy land. Really, I, I would say that the entire show is ultimately going to be about trying to answer that question and demonstrating how it, the answer to that question has changed uh, over the, the various periods of, of, uh, of our intellectual history. So, so there was a point when the definition of philosophy wasn't the pursuit of wisdom? I would argue yes. For example, during the medieval period, it was basically using philosophical resources to come up with explanations of stuff in the Bible. Uh, so that was not so much the pursuit of wisdom, because it would have already, for one thing, have been uh, sort of, uh, what's the word I want to say here, blasphemous, 
to to assume that human wisdom was was the thing to be pursued. In fact, what they wanted was revealed truth, but they wanted to reconcile that uh, what, what they found in in the Bible with what their eyes, ears, and brains told them about the world around them. And that's what philosophy was for several hundred years. So, is philosophy now currently the pursuit of wisdom? At the moment, it's the pursuit of tenure track employment, uh, which is that fucking checks out. Which, like wisdom, is incredibly, incredibly difficult to procure, if not impossible. It is a lifelong pursuit, which is why I'm kind of not in that particular rat race anymore, at least for now. That but, PhD is fucking expensive. Also, yes. So, is this the first time in the thirty-plus years I've known you, Rich, that you're not actually going to school and studying something? That's probably correct. <laughs> uh, having just completed my paralegal diploma, really, all I'm doing now is drinking, paralegaling, and you know, podcasting. And well, know. we're not really podcasting, though. <laughs> yeah, we because we launched like on the fifth, and we haven't done a goddamn thing since then. Yeah, I'm here to help promote your podcast, and you haven't done a podcast in forever. So you, you yeah, th- th- this is going to post the the weekend of July 30th. So you have that long to. Get off your ass, start drinking, and start recording. That's basically what yeah, it is. No, no. Hang on a second, I'm going to take a sip of whiskey. <laughs> Wait a minute. Last night you messaged that you had consumed all the whiskey. I may have understated. Yeah, see. Uh, yeah, that was, an, that was an exaggeration. Yeah. And that's, that's the sort of thing that pisses me off about you philosophers. You think you got an answer, and then it turns out you ain't got shit. Which is, which is how other philosophers continue to get work by, by saying how the philosophers before them didn't know about him. Welcome to Academia. And welcome to our little five-minute segment with the Philosodarks. That was Rich, that was Jesse. Where can they find you? How can they find you? Can they knock on your door? You know, uh, Jesse is a marketing genius in his family, so I'm going to have her <laughs> tell you all that stuff because I always forget to mention something. And you always get the email address. And I always get the email address. It's not a, it's not a criticism. It's I'm huge. a big picture guy. I'm not a, I'm not a details guy. Oh, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Jesse, take it away. <laughs> Poop joke, poop joke. Um, okay, you can find us at velocidorks.com. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, uh, anywhere else that fine podcastery can be procured. You can find us on Twitter at uh, the Dorks. No, not the Dorkscast. You can, that, I'm thinking of my old podcast. You can find us on Twitter. Well, I'm glad I sourced this out to you. Yeah. Yeah, she's doing a great job. I will cut you with a knife. She will. You can find us on Twitter at Dorkscast. Also, Instagram and Facebook. And if you have like questions or feedback or anything like that, you can hit us up at dorkscast at gmail.com. And definitely uh, rate and review us on iTunes and tell your friends and shit. And shit. And, you know, eventually we'll have shows for you to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rich, Jesse, we're going to check back in with you next week. All right, thanks for calling. Let's do about All right. Really? You got something else going on? You got to eat and smoke. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are back. I don't know how long it's been on the podcast time, but in real time, it's been pretty close to two hours since we last spoke. Two hours show. Well, I did about 95 minutes. Right. And yeah. Johnny did about 15 or so. About 10, yeah. I just, uh, yeah. How do, how do you think it went? Let's have you do the critique. Well, I thought, I haven't worked in a while, and, uh, you know, I was with my family and having a great time, and suddenly I went, whoa, I'm not at the fireworks right now. <laughs> Now I'm, I'm not uh, chasing my kid around playing tag, 
all of a sudden I'm in front of all these adults and it, it was pretty fast you know riding the bike kind of thing getting back in and I thought it went pretty well it did some new stories and things I haven't done on stage before and I always like to do that was the Little so, League story a newer one or is that one that you the Little League the, the Geoff the Geoff oh Geoff no, not, no that's relatively that's been a little while but that one, no that like one. the the Jennifer Gray story and bah, that didn't go as well as I thought it would I was funny because I think it was a funnier story than they gave it sort of like a little oh like a little like you know, I, the, like the a reaction last time I saw her there was a short lived sitcom called It's Like You Know that was done by the Seinfeld creators oh my god yeah that was a while ago yeah and I remember at the end of it she did a fake American Express commercial that was a joke uh-huh. on her nose where right. she's like do you know me right. after a box nose job you uh-huh. don't <laughs> and that's what made me think think of that but yeah, yeah that's uh, you know, they're, they're, you know, How'd you guys think it went? Did you have fun? Oh yeah, I, you know, I, I keep. I don't, I don't want to give the, I, the word spoilers is stupid, but I, I also don't want to like say, well, here's all of your best jokes. Let me tell them in a worse possible fashion. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the gosh, what were some of the? What so, hit you, Craig? Craig, Craig, <laughs> the curled eyelashes. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey Johnny. Hey Johnny. Johnny Good job, Johnny. Though. Thank you. Appreciate Johnny is also a surprise guest on the podcast. Hi, Johnny. Oh, I am? Hey, how's it going, everybody? <laughs> Johnny did a good opening. He did He does 10, a great 15 job. 15 killer minutes. Yeah. Thank you. Here comes the meat again. Here comes the meat again. We keep constantly interrupted Thank by you. meat. Thank you. All right. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, this one's rare. I like this one. So uh, yeah, tell me uh, tell me about the give me the review. You promised me a review, and now you're choking under well, pressure. Well, here's what I'll do: now, I will turn the mic over to Craig in a second here because I do have a conf- well, he has a confession. I'm going to confess on his behalf. Oh, a confession. He had not heard your show before. That's okay. A lot but of people haven't. So, so I would. Do I have a recruit though? That's the that's, that's the, the thing. Question. I'm going to turn the mic over to him now, and he All can right. while you're chewing, give you some chew time here while while Craig reviews Craig. Here's Craig on Craig, and that sounded dirtier than intended, but <laughs> seems fitting after the show. Kind of does. No, actually, you know what? Uh, came in here not not knowing anything about you, and I and I, I feel like I've missed out. Oh, well, thanks so, for the crack research. So many years. <laughs> Jesus, the producer doesn't he even know. He pushes the buttons, man. That's all right. <laughs> I might want to throw some research his way. Here's who we're having. No, but fantastic. I, I mean, you you uh, portrayed how I reacted, which was my face was hurting. My, my abdominal muscles were sore. So it was a fantastic time. Truly I love it. Time. And don't you think we need more of that in this oh, country? Man, well, yeah. seriously. Hey, by the way, you guys caused an ad lib. Did we? I lived the Ray Romano thing. It was good. It was very good. <laughs> so I'm glad you had fun. But I, I, and the thing is, what I'm finding, that you asked me about changes. Another change is going on is people built dens. They used to have a crappy TV with an oh, antenna, an antenna aluminum foil. Now they have caves and they stay in the cave. <laughs> Instead of going out and they watch you on Netflix and free, they're not leaving. That's kind of true. Yeah. Uh, again, the podcast itself is dedicated very loosely around like writing and creativity and all the forms okay. of media. That's it's it's a very loose structure. Rarely do I ever have a guest where that's what we talk about. Mm-hmm. It always just it tends to be a free flowing conversation. But one of the things that I like about whether it's a stand up show or even theater, you know, you mentioned Les Mis several times, did some nice solos. Uh, <laughs> But one of, one of the things that, that, that's kind of cool about going to any show is that 
when the cell phones are off and when it's you and a stage and performer performers, it's a shared experience that can't be duplicated yeah. elsewhere. Exactly. You, know, you can't do this show. You, you know, you'll do this show again in an hour or whatever yeah. it is, but it won't be the same. Right. It will be different for any group. That do you know one person that. can make the difference in an entire audience, oh, even yeah. if it's thousands? Just one person. It's all about energy and flow. And um, I'm, I'm lucky in that way because I draw like an adult crowd and they're not too many hecklers and they're all part of the unit and they come back time and time again. I rely on that. If they didn't, I'd be screwed. Sure. Because I don't get a lot of new audience. There's not a lot of young people. Well, you make fun of them. <laughs> For being young, that's not so bad. I'll take that. But yeah, that that to me was kind of the, the big takeaway. And it's one of, you know, you're, you're right in that yeah, people will have their man caves. They'll have their sort of private areas. Like, I'm not even one that likes to go to a movie theater. He goes to the movies all the time. But I like to be like with, with a shared group. This is the only person who's going to experience it is the person sitting next to me. Right. You know, and then when that ends... Did you watch Craig hurting laughing? Yes. Oh, really? yes. I almost knocked our table over. <laughs> slapped the table over. <laughs> and, 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 and of course, I would not put him on the spot because he is a happily married man, but some of the marriage jokes that you had tended to ring a little bit truer for him <laughs> than for me as a single man. That's as far yeah. as I will put him on the spot with that. But <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> he says we've known each other for years, but today it ends. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, I, I want to free you up because I know you got another show to do. Like, you know, people probably won't believe me when I say this podcast was done the way it was with us waiting in the green room. You come I'd in. I'd imagine this is the first time you've ever done this, so we're doing something unique, right? Well, this, in the green room, this is, like I said, this is sort of our quote-unquote second season as, as we've done it, and I've interviewed some comics in the past. We had Bill Sheft on an early show. Oh, Bill. Yeah. Uh, uh, younger did guy. You, did, did he do a call-in? Yeah, he did a call-in from New York. He was, was in New York. Yeah, yeah, it was just after Letterman wrapped. I want to say maybe it was, well, I guess it was a little bit after that, but he was touring with his band that he does mm-hmm. his stuff, and he had just put out his book, and so we talked a lot about everything really. But it, you know, to, to be backstage in the improv, you know, it's got a name for it; it's a known place. I I, I think it's cool. I want to thank you Hold for on. the opportunity. Uh oh, oh, <laughs> don't don't choke that. <laughs> and it is last. And it is. By the way, that would have been a first. <laughs> That would be the first podcast where someone actually choked and died during the podcast. Like, You'd I, have to play it. And I'm going to be honest, we'll air it. <laughs> and they wouldn't give me wouldn't give me a Heimlich. It's, it's the Craig Shoemaker Memorial Podcast. And you like, Craig, don't stop. Don't stop him. Don't, don't, don't help him. You just keep recording. Keep it, keep it moving. We both know the Heimlich, but we're not about to do it. This is numbers. We're going to get numbers after this. So I, I, I want to know when when this airs, how many new followers I'm going to have on Instagram because I have not that many. I have like 3,500. So you want to try to build Instagram. up the Instagram? Well, it, well the other ones I'm doing up, pretty let's well. Come up with an obscure my hashtag. Son, my son busts my balls. He goes, "It's because you post like a mom." Because <laughs> no one wants to see your kids. He does it, so I won't put him up there. Well, let's come up with some sort of obscure hashtag that we will only release to our audience, and so you'll know. When they start messaging you with that hashtag, that it's heard entirely you. our fault. Hashtag heard you. Heard you. Mm-hmm. Hashtag heard you. So, ladies, gentlemen, listening at home or in the car or on the toilet, let's be honest. Hashtag heard you on social media, Twitter. You are at you are the love doctor, isn't that? What the on hell? On the Twitter, Craig. He just watched me for two hours. 
the love, I'm like the a, love doctor. The love master. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, you can just... Don't edit that out. I deserve <laughs> it. I'll take the shit. Don't edit that. That's Mr. Schumacher. <laughs> oh, my God. He has a yeah, knife. Just, <laughs> he has a knife. I've been called Craig Schumaster, the love maker. <laughs> I would accept that, I've too. Called everything. I've been called everything. Now I'm the love doctor. Apparently, you are in my... Well, I did drink during your show. Does that count? This, uh, well, you're drunk with laughter. <laughs> the uh, the love master. No, I'm the love master on Twitter. On Craig Shu on Instagram. You just take off the maker. Okay, no maker. Maybe that's the problem. It's nobody knows how to find Craig Shu. <laughs> I don't know. I don't do. I don't. I just don't do that stuff right. And yeah. I'm also not. I'm not too dark. And people like dark. It, well, you gotta it de- put. You gotta. You know. Put. It depends. I mean. I, you know. As, as you wrapped your show, you said. You know. Laughter is. Is sadly, it's not a dying art form, but it's something we can all use more of. Yeah. And there are some comedians that I follow on social media that you're right. They get pretty dark. They're not funny on social media. They're doing whatever commentary or whatever they feel like they want to do. But most of the comedians I follow, I do like to just click in, find a laugh or two, click out. I don't need you know, the people on Twitter that will do a 20-tweet-long dissertation mm-hmm. about... Could be something I'm interested in. I don't, that Twitter's the wrong place for that. <laughs> you know? 140 characters. I spent half my life yeah. abbreviating. <laughs> I spent half my life learning how to spell. Now I'm learning... The next half is learning not to spell. Yeah. and it, you know, the, the, One of the things that will put me off of somebody on Twitter is when they start a post and then you see that little one with, like, the backslash, which lets me know, oh, shit, they're going to be going on for a while. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so the next one, yeah, then the next one ends two on a slash, and the next one ends three, and this will go on, and they'll... They'll, they'll give what should be a book. <laughs> oh, so that's what I do. Oh, I don't know if that's what you do, but that's... Well, I need to know this because oh, yes. I, on, on, on Facebook, I do long blogs. That's where it's supposed to be. Is that's that where it's supposed Facebook to be? Is, that's other than my son goes, it's for old people. That's, yeah, Facebook's for old people. I hate that. <laughs> Who do you draw? Uh, Who am I going to have here? I know. Well, we, on we, Facebook, I'm uh, Craig Shoemaker. Fan page. Fan page. You still do the same thing, hashtag. Okay, yeah, we'll still do it. And I want to know if this was worth my time. Me, 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 me too. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not Craig, my other Craig, we're going to have to create some dummy social media accounts to keep him happy. I think we'll, we'll so do you, have any, do you have any final questions that are like really provocative? And uh, you know, I to actually say that you knew who I was. <laughs> Before coming here, I tossed out Gino Michelini. How much farther back do you want me to go with you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I try, you know, in, in terms of just what what is centered around what we talk about. I would say, what uh, can you think now? What you're going to change in the, in the next show? Um, based on what you experienced now, you know, this first show. Most what, stuff. How I'm does right. that process work? Where you kind of finish up a set and then go. You see all my notes here? Yeah. I have notes from the 80s. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> on my college notebook. Still, because I have a photographic memory, but I don't remember fonts. Mm. If it's written on, if it's typed. If it's typed. Yeah. So I write it like that. So on stage, that's why I was remembering things on stage. Like, I've got little notes here. So I'm going to go over that and then try to do some of the newer stuff. Um, put in, you know, bits and jokes and different nuances and stuff like that so it'll all be different I hope (laughs) (laughs) well you know um, the advantage I have is uh, you know Bruce Springsteen is my idol good like when I saw him perform I said oh that's what I want to do on stage I want to bring it from the heels give them all I got have them walk out exhausted they know that I gave everything I had 
and tell the truth. And that's what he does. I remember he did interstitial stuff that was like, he would tell stories about breaking into Graceland and for Elvis. And and I said, that's what I want to do. But the advantage I have is I can change it up. Like I have the Love Master character, but mm-hmm. he has to do the lyrics that he wrote. He can't do Baby, I'm Born to Trot, you know, suddenly. And, but I can change the Love Master lines. So that's probably what I'll do second show is, is throw in. So I threw in some new ones on this one. Chewy Constipated made it with the machine gun. The machine guns. The, the the constipated chewy. That was the one that put you over the edge. That was the one that, that yeah lost it lost it. With that, that was one. the very last joke I told. So I don't know what the hell happened. Uh, the other ninety minutes. Well, you know, here, here's the thing. You know, if you want to talk about, and by the time this airs, of course, you'll be done in Brea. But I'll make sure and again link to your social media about where you're going to be. This will probably go sometime end of, end of the month here. Okay. But for people who haven't been to your show. How can you top a constipated Chewbacca impression, a Don Knotts impersonation that was spot on? Brilliant. Who, who walks into a comedy stage and goes, yeah, we're going to do this this guy. I know he's been dead a couple years. but I, I, You know, I looped him in the movie Pleasantville. Did you? Yeah. They, he was sick, so I replaced his voice. I remember so the you watched, of the movie on him on the TV screen. Yes. He plays that. a TV repairman. Yeah. So I had to do him. I had to do an impression of him as an old guy, which I had never done. I had only done Barney Fife. <laughs> my god they were starting the show um, and if you watch the movie and listen closely it's actually most of it's my voice like he wow. circles an apple on the telestrator it's me going boom what do you call that right there bud or forbidden fruit here in Pleasantville it's me doing him as an old guy who would ever dream that that's what I end up doing in my life I think that's our that's our cap. I go, you, know, you got a microphone going on in the background there, so I'm going to let you wrap this up. Thanks, guys. Miss, Mr. Shoemaker, and I got it right. That is the, <laughs> that is the love master. We're here on the love seat. <laughs> enjoy your steak. Enjoy your the rest of your weekend here in beautiful downtown Brea. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it's time for our own version of Siskel and Ebert. Only you know, living. Here's film critic Tim Brennan. All right, are we there? All right, can you hear me a little bit better? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Uh-oh. <laughs> Hello? This isn't going to go well if we can't hear each other. Can you hear me? All right, Can how about now? Can you hear me? I can hear you fine. Can you hear me? We're in a goddamn T-Mobile commercial. Yeah, yeah okay, we really good. are. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to introduce our resident film critic. He is coming to us live and direct from beautiful Boulder, Colorado, if memory serves. Tim Brennan, how you doing? Doing all right so far. Thank you very much for having me. All right, we are going to talk film. Before we talk about the specific film, tell the people a little bit about yourself and how you came to become a film critic. So uh, I am a writer for uh, AboutBoulder.com that is located, obviously, here in uh, Boulder, Colorado. I've been writing with them for two, two and a half years now. It's great. It's a great website. We talk about all kinds of aspects of Boulder, uh, specifically in Colorado in general. I mean, we've got our own marijuana uh, correspondent, which is pretty cool. (laughs) I I like it, too, because I'm able to talk about the big blockbuster releases, some smaller art house stuff, and it's nice to just try and give folks a, a good wide range of films to talk about. Nice. And today's film, would you consider it a small art house piece or a big budget release? Um, this is um, leaning towards the bigger budget end of things. We're going to talk about Atomic Blonde starring uh, Charlize Theron. I, I, I can talk about Charlize Theron for days and days and days, but uh, I'll, I'll let you do it. Tell You're not the only person. <laughs> 
so give give us a little bit about this film. What don't we know that we should know? Film is set in uh, Berlin in November of 1989, and it takes place uh, during the week that the Berlin Wall comes down. So it's the end of the Cold War, which I should mention doesn't really have anything to do with the film or its themes or its plot or anything. It's just kind of a cool backdrop. Okay. And a um an agent working for the British government is killed, and a list which is called creatively the list Whoa. is stolen and the list has uh, lists of you know, cia and mi6 operatives and if they get into the hands of the wicked kgb then there's going to be all kinds of secret agent shenanigans all right sure Theron's character lorraine brock is assigned to go to berlin and track down the list. She is also on a mission of revenge because the agent who was killed is her former lover. While she is in Berlin, she makes contact with uh, David Percival, who is played by James McAvoy. He plays a, a section chief who has a side business in smuggling uh, Jordache jeans and wild turkey. And so she has to make her way through um, a maze of shifting loyalties, and double and triple and quadruple crosses. Is this based on a book? Is this based on a it is. comic? It's, yeah, it's, it's based on a graphic novel called uh, The Coldest City. I have not read it, so I can't really speak to how faithful this adaptation is. But, you know, this is one of those kind of films where there's like there's a right and a wrong way to see it. And the wrong way to see it is to go into it and pay very close attention to the plot <laughs> because the plot's nonsense. The plot literally doesn't make any sense. And that's because we have this kind of, this pretty weak script. But instead, it's an Amish furniture movie. <laughs> and, you know, Amish furniture is made, it, it's popular because it's, it's, it's well made, it's simple, it's got these clean lines, and it's made with this very intense craftsmanship. And this is a film that is intensely well made. David Leitch is the director, and he's one of the guys that directed uh, John Wick back in 2014. Okay. And Leitch is a, um, he's a former stuntman, he's a stunt coordinator, he was a second unit, unit director on, um, I believe, a couple of the Matrix movies. He did the, uh, the fight choreography in uh, Captain America Civil War, and he has a reputation of doing action scenes that are that don't have the shaky cam that you might have seen in the Bourne movies, <laughs> but are very clean, very crisp. You can see the entire bodies of all the performers, so you can see them performing their stunts. And for that reason, it's it's worth seeing because you you get these unreal fight sequences with Charlize Theron where she is just dismantling rooms of goons <laughs> and the the fight choreography is is beautifully done it's very it, it's very intense it's very kinetic can can i assume that Loved Charlize it. Theron and is conservatively dressed in uh, no well, <laughs> she there's there is a number of scenes where she is very liberally dressed in fact <laughs> and i mean you know the the three things that this movie is really into is ice reflections and Charlize Theron's ass. And if you like those three things, you're going to get a lot of them in this movie. <laughs> that should be on a poster somewhere. <laughs> well, let's see. You're you're in Colorado, so I don't we don't you don't have like a thumbs up or a thumbs down. How many uh, how how many pot-laced edibles would you give this film? I would say it would get three out of four pot-laced edibles. <laughs> <laughs> where it's you know it's well made it's fun it's entertaining 
you just kind of have to walk in knowing that the the script is dumb as toast. Sure. And if you could put that aside and not be like nitpick bots, you'll do okay with. That's that. That was pretty much her role. That was it. Ian Flux, didn't she do that one a couple years back too? It might, it might yeah, she this. did. No, you're not wrong. Yeah, she she did do um, Ian Flux, but I think God, it's been so long since I've seen that. I think that film relied um, a lot more heavily on CGI as opposed to practical effects. Gotcha. And you know, she she was apparently so committed to this that she ended up cracking a couple of teeth. Neat. while she was filming so <laughs> well all right well there is our review for this week atomic blonde get a couple of special brownies there in colorado and enjoy it uh tim i want to thank you hope it wasn't too painful for you <laughs> the edibles helped thank you so much Kevin. <laughs> all right thanks to everybody here in the podcast this week michael richard trey uh rich jesse of course tim here our announcer and and my friend craig our resident musician my friend brian uh, of course this week's guest craig the love master shoemaker apologies for screwing up his nickname during the interview <laughs> remember the hashtag heard you if you uh talk about us on social media and please do talk about us even if you're making fun of me at least we're getting talked about we're we're a, we're a up-and-coming young and scrappy podcast so we will take any sort of uh, attention even bad attention next week our guest will be the executive producer and captain kirk of the online series star trek continues uh, vic manana their new episode also drops today same day this podcast is released check it out then join us next week as we talk some trek that's all from the lawn at this time say good night tim good night tim <laughs> now get off my lawn This has been the Get Off My Lawn Podcast, brought to you by Kevin's Bookmobile. Check out www.lulu.com slash marusic for a selection of books authored by your genial host. Buy a paperback, download an ebook, and help support the podcast. That's www.lulu.com slash m-a-r-o-u-s-e-k. And by our tip jar. Like what you've been hearing on the show so far? Want to hear more? Then help us out by going to getoffmylawnpod.blogspot.com, clicking on the tip jar, and donating to the cause of creativity. No amount too large, no amount too small. That's getoffmylawnpod.blogspot.com. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at getoffmylawnpod. Check out our SoundCloud at Get Off My Lawn Podcast, or subscribe to us on iTunes for the latest episodes. Questions or comments, or to suggest a guest, Our email address is getoffmylawnpod at gmail.com. The theme was written and composed by Brian Weideman. Check out his music at www.worldbride.com. That's W-O-R-L-D-B-R-I.com. The logo was designed by Julie Contreras at Urban Bird Design. Go to urbanbirddesign.com to learn more. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend.